Hello. Hello there. We're Stacy and Pete. <laughs> we were having a staring contest. You won. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. We're here with a holiday episode. A Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because we're covering a movie that I've wanted to cover since we started recording the podcast. It's just hard to get to all of them. And this year, we're probably only covering one movie in December. Just so you know, just so you're prepared. And we are covering While You Were Sleeping over on our Patreon because they voted and that's the movie that won there. We are going to be releasing the My So-Called Life Christmas episode. Finally. Finally. You finally let us get to it. (laughs) It's all my fault. It is. And then we have another fun little kind of end of the year episode before we go on our break. I cannot wait for that final episode. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Before we get into this movie, though, there are a few things we need to chat about. Some housekeeping items. Housekeeping or celebrations. My birthday was just here this past week. It was. (laughs) I love how he just cleared his throat and he like, I think that's his way of like holding a finger up to me, like wait to talk because I'm going to clear my throat. But he did it so dramatically that it looked like he was. It's like I just scored a touchdown and I'm pointing up to God. I took it more like you were um, not composing. You were orchestrating, not orchestrating? Conducting? You were conducting a <laughs> symphony. Yes, the symphony of my cough. <laughs> it's beautiful. We edited it out because it was just too beautiful, too pure for your ears. We could not share it <laughs> and expect anyone to ever listen to anything ever again. <laughs> All right. So my birthday Christy, one of our listeners, hi, Christy, who has sent us tons of nostalgic goodies over the last year or two, sent me a fun surprise for my birthday. First of all, she sent me this. I don't know if anyone remembers the Wilton cake pans of the 80s. I think they still make pans today, but the pans would be in shapes of our favorite cartoon characters. Yes. I remember specifically a Rainbow Bright one. A strawberry shortcake one. Spider-Man, Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch. I'm sure pretty much any character you could think of was probably a Wilton pan. And one of them that I loved was the Care Bears. She sent me a birthday bear Wilton cake pan. Now, I am not Peter, Peter, the cake maker. (laughs) The cake maker. (laughs) So I decided to make you a cake. For your birthday. Yes. Which is not the norm. Right. I always make you a cake. Yes. And I don't make you cakes because of what I just said. (laughs) But I almost used that cake tin. Almost. But we didn't have the proper icing and everything. Right. One day we're going to make it. I'm going to do it. Okay. Next year? Next year. You have to be prepared, though, and get all the icing ahead of time. You have to be prepared. (laughs) I'll remind you. Remember my birthday cake (laughs) you're going to make me? The birthday cake he made me was delicious, by the way. This is yellow cake. I don't don't get the reference. (laughs) You know, you know. It's from the Chappelle show. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so she sent me that. She also sent two of the um, stockings from An American Tale with Fievel on them, which I loved, loved, loved Fievel. Yes. It was a collab between McDonald's and Sears. I believe. And that's how you would get like the big plushie, which I've talked about. I love. I want back in my life. But anyway, so she sent me two of the stockings. They had not been opened. I opened one of them, though, to hang it on the tree. I I, struggled with it. I cannot believe you did that. 
I know, but... It does look good up on the tree. I wanted to put it up there. I know. I know. I know and why you did it. If she had only sent one, I probably would not have opened it. Since there were two, I went for it. You have one to keep, one to play with. Yes. So, and then the final gift was super cool. It is a My Child doll still in the box, still with the receipt in it from Sears purchased in 1986. I love that. I love when it has a receipt in there. I know. That's what happened with the Cabbage Patch Kid doll that you got me last year. Yes. It had the receipt. Or it had the layaway slip, I think. It did have the... You're right. The layaway slip. It's just so cool. And the doll is like in pristine condition. She said she got a great deal. And I just love that, you know, she thought of me and it was very, very kind and sweet and such a fun gift. Way to go, Krista. (laughs) Such a fun surprise. Another fun surprise, Mary Beth, another one of our listeners. And we've actually met Mary Beth. We met her at 90s Con. We did in person. Yeah. Um, She sent me just a fun package from Bath and Body Works. It was some of the scents from the 90s that are still available now. Oh. So there was cucumber melon, sweet pea, warm vanilla sugar. I thought, because you have it written down here, I thought the scent was sweet pea and warm vanilla sugar. <laughs> You're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, an odd combo. Yeah. And I, I haven't opened them up to smell them yet to see if it brings up any. Well, sweet pea, my best friend maybe still wears it. So that scent never really went away for me. I think my mom still has always used warm vanilla sugar, but cucumber melon I have not smelled in a very long time. I'll have to give him a sniff as well. Yeah. And I recently, I think last summer or the summer before, they re-released Gingham, which was one that I used to wear. I think I used to wear their like body spray or perfume of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I got it to see if I still liked it and I didn't like it as much. Did you not? No. Oh. But I mean, back then, all I wore was either like a Bath and Body scent or perfume from The Gap. How old would you have been? Oh, like teenage years. Teenage years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in my CK1 phase. Yeah, you were. Probably at that point. I didn't really get into different kinds of perfumes until I was probably in my 20s. Hmm. Or maybe actually Dracar. Yeah. Yes. Dracar Noir. Yeah, I can't remember which one was which. I think Dracar was first. It probably was, unless you wore Dracar like in the 2000s, because when I met you in the 90s, you were wearing CK1. Yeah. Left me smelling like it. That's right. (laughs) So that was exciting. And Pete this year, I had a few people saying they couldn't wait to hear what Pete got me this year um, for my birthday, because last year was the big birthday, was the Barbie Dream House. Spectacular. (laughs) Yes. This year, though, I asked for a few other things. They weren't all nostalgic items. Right. So I got a new pair of shoes that I wanted. And then he did get me this really cool Atari. It's like a new old Atari. Can you explain it? Because I don't really, we haven't really looked at it yet, except me taking the cartridges in and out and flipping the buttons, which was very exciting. It is the Atari 2600 Plus. Okay. Which has just been released. You can use the original cartridges and peripherals or use the new stuff. Peripherals? Does that mean the controllers? Controllers, yes. Okay. So you remember like the uh, Twisty Tornado controller with the button on the side? We could get that one. Or we got the the joystick with the single button. I love that thing. Although this one is... It's toit. Tight. Toit like a toyga. Yes. But I'm very excited. It came with several games, but none of the ones that I remember playing. Yeah. So we have to get some some new games. So we have to get Frogger, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, Asteroids, Space Invaders, one of them. 
Probably. Oh, I know I'm forgetting something. Pong, maybe? Pong was a good one. Yeah. That's where you use the twisty tornado. Right. So yeah, I'm excited to play them though. Me too. And you can connect this one via HDMI, so it makes life just a little bit easier. Because we do have like our original Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And there's only like one TV in the house outside of the tube TV (laughs) that we can connect those to. And the tube TV was not something that we still had. Pete had to buy that via Facebook Marketplace two years ago when he got me the Nintendo for Christmas because that was the only way I would have been able to play Duck Hunt. Yes. The only way you could play Duck Hunt correctly. It doesn't work exactly right on modern televisions. Yeah. So I I could not skip leg day <laughs> when I went and got that television because it is heavy. Yeah, it's super heavy. And the few times that you've had to bring it up and down the stairs, I've been afraid for your life. <laughs> yes, you're very nervous <laughs> yes. when I'm carrying that thing. Yeah. I should just do that like once a day. <laughs> up the stairs, down the stairs. Nah. Workout done. Let's do a little safer workout. (laughs) Plus, we need that. You never know when I might have the urge to play Duck Hunt. That's true, because Duck Hunt is a lot of fun. It is. And, you know, the feeling strikes. You're ready to go. You know what? It is more fun than Hogan's Alley, because we got Hogan's Alley, and that wasn't as much fun as I'd remembered. Yeah. I really loved Hogan's Alley back in the day. I never played it back in the day, so I thought it was okay now, but since I wasn't nostalgic about it, I was just like, all right. Next. Next. (laughs) Speaking of nostalgic, there's an Instagram account called Champagne Video Store, and they reached out to us wanting to send us a few of the VHS tapes that they make and sell. And I saw a sample and I was like, yes, please, immediately (laughs) send it over. So they sent us these three VHS tapes. One of them is Shazam. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know that popular 90s movie starring Sinbad. (laughs) You know, it's often the topic of conversation when we're talking about the Mandela effect. And the details on this, it's hilarious. Like the way that he's written it all out made it look like it's definitely a real movie. Oh, it's perfect as far as the design and look goes. Mm -hmm. Then we got Angels with Filthy Souls. That one's amazing. Which, of course, you all know from Home Alone. We know that it is not a real movie, but he's made it look real with this VHS tape. Also amazing. And then there was one from Seinfeld, which I have not watched Seinfeld. I know. I've only seen bits and pieces. Pete liked Seinfeld, so he knew what it was. It is Rochelle Rochelle. Right. Very risque movie from the uh, from the show. And it was super cool. Yeah. So if you just want to see what those look like or you're interested in buying some yourselves, go to Champagne Video Store on Instagram. I also made a little video. I don't think I've shared it yet, but I probably will have by the time this comes out. So go check that out too. Yeah. If you got to kit out your blockbuster room, this is the way to do it. Yes, this is the way. And we have some new merch or some new merch designs. We do. We're very excited about them. We have one for the Cozy Club. Yes. And the Cozy Club, if you don't know, is our Facebook group. It's called the Cozy Club dash fans if we don't want to grow up. There's, I don't know, we're getting close to like a thousand people there yeah. who just chit chat and talk about all things nostalgia. And it's a very safe space. Everybody is very kind there. And it's I love it. It's like what dreams are made of when I thought about having groups that would like spin off of the podcast or, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so we thought that it would be fun to have some merch that is specific to the Cozy Club. And I reached out to Amy Greenbank or Amy Greenbank Art. She's on 
Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms, because she designed our previous merch. Right. The cereal bowl, the lunchbox. So for the Cozy Club, we had a few ideas. We went with this one first. So we've got a Care Bear with a cereal bowl on his tummy. So it looks like our logo on his tummy. Does. And then there's a Popple and a Pound Puppy. And she did like the cartoon versions of all of them. It is so good. I love it. Uh, And it says the Cozy Club. And it is incredibly cozy. Yes. The Pound Puppy is wearing a cardigan. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And then we also, you know that we always joke about core memory unlocked because that is a very common thing that people comment on nearly every post that I ever make on any any of my social media platforms. We have several ideas with this one too. This time we went with, it's a set of lockers and it says core memory unlocked in the My So-Called Life font. Yes. Uh, So that's another fun one. You'll have to go check those out and you can find the links for this. Like if you go to our profile page on our Instagram or I pretty much everywhere, I think our link tree is there. Yes. Because this is a long URL. (laughs) (laughs) I need to create a C name record. Obviously, I just haven't done it. (laughs) But we are at, you going to do it? Yeah. We dash don't dash wanna dash grow dash up dot myspreadshop.com. Nice. Another exciting thing. A new patron. Yay! Our new patron's name is Eve. Eve. <laughs> it's Eve. Eve. <laughs> Welcome to our Patreon family, Eve. We hope you're having fun going through all of our bonus episodes. Recently in November, we covered season one of Jersey Shore. <laughs> Because we were watching it anyway, and we thought it would be fun to cover. We had fun with it. Yes, we did. Like I said before, we're going to be covering while you were sleeping over there. We're also going to be doing something different. We normally only do audio content, but we're going to do a flip through, like I do on Instagram, of a JCPenney Christmas catalog that we just recently got from the 80s. Uh, We got two of them, but I think we'll probably only do the one. But we're going to actually commentate on it as we flip through. I've got some plans. Oh, you've got plans. We're going to do something fun. Okay. Well, it'll be fun no matter what, because we're there. Duh. (laughs) Also, I found a story that I wrote when I was a kid called A Special Christmas. I can tell you that special is not spelled correctly. No, it's a tough one. It's like, definitely. I still can't spell definitely (laughs) to this day, even though my sister has told me all the tricks for how to spell it. I just misspelled it on Thursday of this week. (laughs) So badly that autocorrect didn't know what I was saying. (laughs) I give up. They changed it to like peanut or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that one, I'm a little too embarrassed to share it to the whole world. So it's going to be over there on Patreon. And we may have one other treat depending on. Well, I know. Wait, I know for sure that we have a treat. Because I actually prepared it the other day. So. Look forward to that reminder that there are also two other Christmas episodes on our Patreon that we've covered the last couple of years. If you're wanting more Christmas content, two years ago, we covered Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Mm -hmm. Last year, we covered the sequel to A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story Christmas. Which was fantastic. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff over there. You can go to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And then also, you know, don't forget that on our regular podcast, you just scroll back on our main page, like on whatever platform you listen on, because we have tons of Christmas stuff that we've done over the years. We do. We've covered Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, Gremlins, A Christmas Story, one of my favorites, Scrooged, Love Actually, Bridget Jones's Diary, one of the best Christmas movies of all time, Die Hard, (laughs) Serendipity. We also have an episode where we go over our favorite Christmas songs and probably some that I'm just forgetting. 
because there's a lot. Yeah, there are a lot. That first year, I feel like we did a lot of just like your favorite 80s Christmas movie, favorite 90s Christmas movie. I don't know. We were all over the place. I'm nostalgic for those at this point. You're nostalgic for that those original episodes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. It does. So anyway, like I said, we may not be putting out tons of content this year because we are going on a break, but there's plenty of fun things to go listen to. In the archives, our back catalog. Yes. Okay, so who do we have for show and tell this week? This week we have Chantel. Chantel was born in 1980. Favorite 80s movies, 16 Candles, and Working Girl. Working Girl, who was in that? That's Sigourney Weaver. I want to say Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith, I think. Yep. And Harrison Ford. Oh, one we might need to think about covering. Okay. Favorite 80s song, Human, by the Human League. I'm only human, a flesh and blood, a This song always played on the radio when my mom took me to school. Aww. Favorite 90s movies, Clueless. Empire Records, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She says, please note that I liked the movie better than the show. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say, me too. Except I haven't watched the show, so I really don't have anything to compare it to. But I didn't watch the show because I loved the movie so much. I will say that we've covered all three of those movies. We have. Favorite 90s song, one of your favorites by Dave Matthews Band, Crash Into Me. Also, another one of your favorites from the Wallflowers, One Headlight. I was going to say, just skimming over this, I feel like we would be very good friends. Yes. (laughs) Here's another reason. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Dawson's Creek, Felicity, and Party of Five. Did you get into Party of Five? Not Party of Five, but Dawson's Creek and Felicity, absolutely. Toy that you loved most as a child. I really liked playing Barbies. Yes, me too. Favorite game or book that you loved as a child or teenager? In 1993, I was introduced to V.C. Andrews' Dawn. From there, I read all of her books and continued reading romance until this day and have subsequently become an indie romance author. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Favorite place to go in the mall? In the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, we just liked walking around the mall in the 90s. I can't think of a store besides The Gap, LOL. (laughs) I love that. It was great just walking around, seeing who you could see. I wouldn't know. Yeah, not a big mall guy. Not a big mall guy. You were missing out. I know. I can remember going there solo a few times. Really? Yep. Just to get some clothes? Just to, yeah, do a little shopping. Hmm. Christmas shopping? Yeah. Your favorite. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And our last question, who was your celebrity crush? Chantel says, oh, all of the 90s heartthrobs. Leo, Scott Wolf, Scott Speedman, Chris O'Donnell, Josh Jackson, Jared Leto. Yep, right there with you. All the home runs. <laughs> Again, the only one there that I didn't have a thing for was Scott Wolf, but I just didn't really watch Party of Five. Yeah, the rest, the rest, all a bit of you. They are, yep. Where they were. Well, thank you, Chantel. That was a fantastic show and tell. You may be seated. You get all the gold stars. Gold stars. If you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We're on Facebook at we don't want to grow up podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. 
and it helps us a lot when you come over there. So come check it out. Yeah, we have a good time. There is one new thing that we would like to tell you about on our Instagram. We are now offering subscriptions. We're not sure exactly what all is going to be included here, but I know one of the things that I'm really thinking about doing is sharing scans of all of the magazines and catalogs that I have so that people can really look at them. Because a lot of times people are like, you're going too fast when I do my flip throughs or they just can't like pause on something to where it's clear. So I thought it would be nice to share the scans in that way so that people can really feel like they're looking through the magazine and reading it and all of that. Another thing we talked about doing is maybe a deeper look into some of our toys that we've collected, things like that. Live party sessions from the hot tub. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of options there for these subscriptions. We're spitballing here. (laughs) Anyway, so if you're interested in doing that, you can find that option on our Instagram page at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. We ready? Oh, yes. Ready to journey back to that age-old time that was 2006. (laughs) Yes, this is slightly later than we normally cover, but we do go up to 2010. That's right. And also, I did put out a poll on Instagram listing several movies that we had not yet covered on the podcast. And this one won by, I would say, a landslide. Let me tell you the numbers. So while you were sleeping, got 24%. Here. It got much higher on our Patreon, which is why we decided to do it over there. The Family Man, which is one of your faves, yeah. got 12%. Did it. I could only put four movies here. The Santa Claus got 23%, and this movie got 41%. 41? Yes. Wow. So we couldn't ignore it. No. The movie is The Holiday. So The Holiday is a rom-com that was produced, written, and directed by Nancy Myers. Co-produced by Bruce A. Block. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce A. Block. And the movie was released on December 8th, 2006. So the movie follows two women, Iris and Amanda, who arrange a home exchange to escape heartbreak during the holiday season. Iris will now stay in Amanda's very modern, fancy home in Los Angeles, while Amanda opts for Iris's cozy English cottage. Of course, both characters encounter new people and have new experiences that give them just the change they need. And so our cast, we have Kate Winslet, Rose Dawson herself (laughs) as Iris Simpkins. Cameron Diaz as Amanda Woods. Your favorite. My favorite. Jude Law, you're one of your favorites, <laughs> as Graham Simpkins. Jack Black as Miles Dumont. Miffy Englefield as Sophie and Emma Pritchard as Olivia, who are Graham's daughters. And let's be real, aside from one other character that I'm about to mention, the real stars of the movie. Absolutely. Of course, it goes along with Eli Wallach, who played Arthur Abbott. Arthur is Amanda's neighbor who Iris ends up befriending, and he is a famous screenwriter from the golden age of Hollywood. Sadly, he passed in 2014 at the age of 98. Wow. Then we have Rufus Sewell, who plays Jasper, who is Iris's co-worker and the object of her unrequited affection. 
Let me add to this. It's a fun fact a little early, but Kate and Rufus had previously been in a real life romance. I wonder if they split amicably because you'd think they wouldn't want to work in a movie together. You would think. But I mean, at the same time, maybe she was able to really conjure up. Maybe some of those tears were real. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon Sossaman as Maggie, Miles's a-hole girlfriend. Ed Burns as Ethan, who is Amanda's a-hole boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, we only meet him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Bill Macy as Ernie and Shelley Berman as Norman, who are friends of Arthur's. Bill passed in 2019, he was 97, and Shelley passed in 2017 at 92. Those guys lived long lives. They did. And then we have Catherine Hahn, who plays Bristol, and none other than John Krasinski, who plays Ben, who are Amanda's employees. Yeah. What year did The Office start? It came out in 2005, so it's right around the same time. I bet he was filming this like before The Office either came out or before it like really took off. I don't know how quickly it took off. but Yeah, I bet you're right. Then we get this fun, uncredited cameo by Dustin Hoffman, who appears at the blockbuster when Iris and Miles are there. Jack Black happens to be talking about the score from The Graduate and singing the song from it, which, of course, Dustin Hoffman stars in that. And according to Hoffman, he said that this was totally unscripted, totally unexpected. He was just going to Blockbuster to get a movie. He saw the light and came over to see what was going on. And he and Nancy Myers knew each other. And so Nancy decided to just really quick, like, script a short scene with him in it. And they shot it. That is fun. I know. I love that. (laughs) Somebody messaged me the other day saying that they worked. I don't know if it was at this particular Blockbuster, but it was at a Blockbuster in L.A. and talked about all the different celebs that used to come in. Jealous. It's just so funny to think it's just a different world. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I lived out there, I saw so many people just, you know, driving down the street or walking into a restaurant that I was in. And right. people don't really react because they're, I guess, unless you're a tourist, but you just get used to seeing them because it's where they live. Not you, though. I didn't do anything. No? No. Even internally? I mean, internally, yes. But everybody, I'm sure, internally reacts. Maybe. I didn't, like, try to talk to anybody or anything. <laughs> And then finally, Lindsay Lohan has a cameo in here. She had made her motion picture debut in Meyer's remake of The Parent Trap back in 1998. And also James Franco, who is a friend of Meyer's, they make appearances in the trailer for the fictional movie called Deception, which Amanda and her team finish at the beginning of the movie. We get veteran voiceover talent Hal Douglas as the narrator of the trailer, as well as other trailers we hear describing Amanda's situation at various points in the film. I thought that was an interesting thing to do to have the trailers throughout. Like it made sense because that's what she did for a living. Right. So it's like her inner monologue. Yes. But then to have like that recognizable voice, like I don't think it would have played as well if it wasn't that voice. I agree. All right. So fun facts. What do we have? So production on the holiday began in Los Angeles, then moved to England for a month before completing filming back in California. The UK part of the film was partially shot. (laughs) Let me try to say this name right. Goldeming and Shear, which is a town and village in the county of Surrey. Oh, so it is in Surrey. Yes. In southeast England that dates back to the 11th century. So the cottage's exterior was constructed in a field adjacent to St. James Church in Shear. The production team had sourced a genuine cottage, but it was located like way far away from London where the crew was based. So they had just opted to, you know, make their own. (laughs) I'm disappointed. I thought it was a real cottage. I know. It's kind of like the Practical Magic House where you just want to think that you can go live in it. Yeah, you can't. You can't. 
even with its crooked little roof. I know. I love it. So much charm. The film opened at number three in the U.S. box office, pulling in $12.7 million in its opening weekend. It grossed over $205 million worldwide against a budget of $85 million, so it did pretty well. It became the 12th highest grossing film of the 2000s to be helmed by a female director. I like it. Very cool. So Nancy Myers is a woman who gets what she wants. That's right. <laughs> because she wrote this film specifically with Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black. In mind. I feel like you don't hear that a lot, right? It's like they write something for somebody or a group of people and they get some of them. Yeah. But not everybody's available, so mm-hmm. they can't do it. Yep. And the character of Iris, played by Kate Winslet, was named after Jude Law's young daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So Jude had appeared in a string of period dramas and science fiction films in the early to mid 2000s. He found it tricky to approach the role of Graham. Jude said he felt more vulnerable about playing a character who fit his own look and did not require an accent or a costume or any kind of relocation. Myers sent him a collection of Clark Gable movies to prepare the performance she wanted from him in the holiday. And you can kind of tell that. Yeah, it made sense to me when I saw that. Also, I forget that because when I watch him in that, I never would have thought about him not being a romantic lead. I mean, maybe maybe more so like a you know rom-com lead, but it's like, I just feel like he could do anything. Yeah. So Nancy had seen Jack in School of Rock in 2003. And she said, when I was thinking of the movie, I thought he was someone that I would like to write a part for. And I'm aware he's not Clark Gable. He's not tall, dark and handsome, but he's adorable. He's lovable. It's my way of saying this is the right kind of guy. This is what most guys look like if you're lucky. He's so adorable. And why not? And Jack Black felt, quote, flattered and a little bit nervous about Nancy asking him to be in the movie because he had never done a rom-com. But he eventually agreed when he found out that he would play opposite Kate Winslet. (laughs) It's an instant yes. Yes. (laughs) I love that because it's a very human thing to do, you know? Yeah. Like I can see if somebody wanted me to do something, you know, like I'm a chicken and don't want people on the podcast. But like if... I don't know, Brad Pitt or somebody wanted to be on. It's like, okay, then you suck it up, right? That's right. You got to deal with it. (laughs) It's a great opportunity. So Eli Wallach, who played Arthur, was 90 when they started filming The Holiday. Myers found him so animated and energetic on the set that she had to remind him several times during filming to slow down, to move more slowly, and to act like an older man. (laughs) And what's funny is you can see that in the scene where he's accepting his award Mm -hmm. and he decides to go up the stairs. Yep. He moves up those stairs very quickly. Yes. And even when they're walking in, he's not struggling at all. Like Kate has his arm, but he's not struggling. No. I think that's great. Yeah. I think with all the rollerblading that I did, I'm going to have trouble at that age. You always say those things. You got to believe that you're going to be great. Listen, I don't know how many sets of stairs Eli jumped off of, but I jumped off a lot. Well, that just means that you're nimble. Okay. And you'll be nimble when you're 90. I'll be nimble. I'll just keep blading. Blades. Just wear a lot of pads, please. So I thought this was funny. Robert Downey Jr. and Jimmy Fallon auditioned to play Graham and Miles, respectively. And RDJ said, we both got called in just as seat fillers. Nancy Myers needed someone to read with the gals. And we're sitting there going, it's about to happen for us. And I was like, I've got to have a better accent than Jude Law at this point. (laughs) And Kate Winslet said, that was the worst British accent I've ever heard. Until she heard that one. Until she heard mine. (laughs) In it? In it. (laughs) And I was like, 
I'll check out now, but I'm taking the gummy bears from the mini bar, which sounds very much like Robert Downing Jr. It does. And he sobbed his way into the Iron Man movies right? <laughs> and his $50 million a movie paycheck. Like, boo-hoo. Poor RDJ. I think Jimmy's doing okay as well. Yes. So, you know, they're fine. This is a fun little fact. The website that Amanda and Iris used to exchange houses is a real website, homeexchange.com. Is it still? Let's find out. I'm just checking right now. You don't have to be lonely at homeexchange.com. <laughs> Travel more for less with the number one home exchange community in the world. It is still up and available. Wow. I feel like we need a disclosure of that's not our site. If you use it, that's on you. <laughs> that jingle that you just sang. That's fine. <laughs> what, what is that from? You can't recognize it? It's ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. It's familiar, but you don't have to be lonely. Is it farmers only? At farmersonly.com. <laughs> That's great. All right. So when they're in the blockbuster, and Miles sings the song from Driving Miss Daisy by Hans Zimmer, who also composed and produced the score for the holiday. Miles even like refers to him as Hans. He does. It's kind of funny because later Jack Black spoofed Driving Miss Daisy in the movie Be Kind Rewind. I don't know that I've seen Be Kind Rewind. I haven't either, but now I'm curious. Yeah. Also, the official soundtrack, you know, obviously has music from various artists, but mostly Ator Pereira and Hans Zimmer. I have to say, too, I was looking through and I noticed several of the songs had Imogen Heap's name attached, which obviously they used a few of her songs in the movie. But apparently she also helped write a lot of the songs on the soundtrack. So I was like, this makes so much sense to me now. That's why you love the soundtrack. At first I was like, well, I mean, Nancy Myers just must be a big Imogen Heap fan. But maybe she is. Well, and that's yeah. why she's on there. Still probably in my top five favorite concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. Did you find the video? No, not yet. I need to find it because that's that was back when I filmed the video with my camera before I had a smartphone. But I know the video is somewhere. It was one of the coolest moments. It was when she was singing Just For Now, which is also in the movie. And she well, the song goes like this. Just for now. And she split the crowd. It was a small crowd. It was at the House of Blues in Orlando. Split the crowd into three parts and showed everybody their part and had us all sing our part. So like we were doing that part of the song. And it just sounded amazing. I have chills thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Favorite moments. You want to go first? Yes, I do. We're doing HMs first, right? That's correct. Honorable mentions, mm -hmm. if you're new here. So my first one, I'd forgotten where I got one of the things that I say to you occasionally. <laughs> Which sounds weird, because why would you be calling me this? But but I just say random words to you, right? <laughs> and this is one of them where I go, Daddy. 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 <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it is Olivia that I got it from, because she says this. Daddy, who is this? That day, I could listen to those two little girls talk forever. Olivia is my favorite. Yeah, but I like Sophie too. Sophie's fantastic. Olivia's accent. I'm there for it. <laughs> also, those kids are like in their 20s now or something. Yeah. Which is upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Next one for me. This is very early on in the movie when Ethan is outside of Amanda's house and she asks him, did you sleep with the receptionist? The camera cuts quickly over to Amanda's gardener and he's just looking down, like shaking his head like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> But he does it. 
And then they show the gardener again shaking his head like, yeah. man, I told you. I told you, man. <laughs> Next on my HM list, when Amanda is driving in England for the first time, <laughs> she's having to drive on the wrong side of the road and on tiny roads. They're minuscule. Yes. And there's just mountains on either side of her. Yeah. And she's screaming and closing her eyes. And to be <laughs> honest with you, I might be doing the same thing because there's like these huge trucks coming at her and there's nowhere to go. And she's just like, don't hit me. She's terrified, and I get it. I would be in the floorboard. I can't. <laughs> it's so stressful. Okay, next on my list. This could be on your list of favorites. <laughs> this was a, a little quizzical to me. Graham, when he's making out with Amanda, kisses her eyes. He's kissing her all over her face. I don't know. You said, well, Jude did it, so it's cool, but I don't know. I'm just <laughs> yeah, Maybe the, I've got to try it. Is that a direct quote? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's probably 80% accurate. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like, that's one of those moments where when it happens, I can't speak for all of the population that are attracted to men, right? But what I can say is that if I were a single gal and Jude Law were kissing any part of me, I would gasp like that. Including your eyeballs? Yes. I'm going to try kissing your eyeballs. We're going to see what happens. I mean, like he was kissing them gently. Hey, yeah, but it's still, it I mean, like may maybe sweet... I could suck your eyeballs. Oh like... no. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Too many sound effects happening. <laughs> I'm just saying this happens a lot in movies when it's like a part where I'm like over there melting or crying or yes. really in the moment. And he'll just like laugh <laughs> or you just know he thinks whatever it is is ridiculous or he'll pause right before the really good moment. Or I pause right in the middle of the great moment. I do that all the time, sometimes deliberately to be funny. And sometimes, yeah, just uh, I didn't know that it was going to be such a heavy moment. I just happened to pause like when the most important thing in a scene is happening. It's like somebody just died and I'm like over here crying and like really in it. And he just pauses it. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, are we getting fries with our food? <laughs> You're just like, what are you doing? Why have you paused this again? Why have you done this? <laughs> oh, so it didn't surprise me when <laughs> Amanda gasps and he's just like, what? <laughs> All right. And my final HM, at the end of the movie, the big dance party on New Year's Eve at yes. Graham's house with all the kids and the adults, they are all just having such a good time. It's a fun scene. Yeah, it's great because you don't get to see the foursome together right. throughout the whole film. You know, so you get to see Amanda and Iris together who, you know, they've chatted but not met in person. And then I always forget that Amanda and Miles actually know each other. Right. You know, he like works with her ex and here they are together in England in this Englishman's home. You know? With a in the backyard with a cow in the backyard and you know and you get to see like the brother and sister together and iris with her nieces and yeah i love it and they're all wearing their holiday best in their living room that's right i love it yes all right my honorable mentions so just the beginning of the movie, Iris is narrating Kate Winslet, and she's talking about all of these different scenarios that you could have in love. They're kind of showing the different scenes that are happening in the movie. But when she talks about her story, which is unrequited love. And then there's another kind of love, the cruelest kind, the one that almost kills its victims. It's called unrequited love. Of that, I am an expert. Most love stories are about people who fall in love with each other. But what about the rest of us? What about our stories? 
those of us who fall in love alone. I knew straight away. I remember sitting in the theater being like, I'm going to love this movie because I immediately saw myself in Iris. I have been Iris many a time in my younger years, just totally being in love with someone and it being one-sided. Those jerks. (laughs) Don't you sit over there looking so innocent. You need me to come over there and kiss your eyeballs? Please. (laughs) Suck on them. Suck on them. (laughs) That'll make it all right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll just pretend you're Jude Law. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Podcast over. I was just trying to get a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's always nice i guess or painful to see something very close to situations you've been in reflected in a movie but it's also kind of therapeutic yes to know that you're not alone that other people know exactly what you're going through or know closely what you're going through yes and in this case you know you get to watch her eventually realize that she's better than that very square peg very round hole that's from the movie Yes, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I was hoping you were going to say something about how in the end, you know, you ended up with me. <laughs> Maybe something good. Well, I was talking about me. the movie. Yeah, but you were Okay, well, you. listen. Unfortunately for her, Jasper was a hay. Yes. Fortunately for me, one of those guys that maybe broke my heart when I was younger grew up and became the perfect partner for me. And now we're together. We will have been together 10 years. Are you fantasizing about Jude Law right now? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was getting way too sweet and sappy. I love you. I love you, too. You asked for that, by the way. I know. But I did it so then I could ask the Jude Law question. (laughs) You're like the puppet master up here. (laughs) No, I really need to hear something sweet about me. Yes. (laughs) Next up, just the whole scene where Amanda and Iris are on, what's the website? Home Home Exchange. HomeExchange.com. They're both very upset about what's been going on in their lives. It's just a fun little scene where they're making plans and they're just like, you know what? I normally wouldn't be on board for such a quick, unplanned vacation, but I need this. This is happening. Fun little chat. Yeah, they're chatting back and forth. Yeah. Both of them kind of feeling like they're done with men. And Amanda asks her, her final question is, are there any men in your town? And Iris says, zero. Zero. And Amanda says, perfect. So yeah, you know, I like it. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Just Iris's reaction to seeing LA for the first time, going down PCH, you know, pulling up to Amanda's house, seeing her freaking house which is amazing yeah which is all a set by the way and it I, is yes oh. the house itself like the outside is a real house but oh it is okay so the outside is a real house yes. what about arthur's outside of his house do you know i didn't read that but i have a feeling that that was also real all right yeah and like her seeing the pool and when she gets to pull down the blackout shades in the yes. bedroom the automatic ones yes or the the mechanical ones yes oh wait the motorized ones yes <laughs> It's just very bougie and so far from what she's used to in her little cottage. It's great. It also brings me back to the first time I went to L.A. Yeah, California just hits different, right? It is an absolutely unique place. It is for sure. And the first time I went there, it was, well, I went for my birthday, but things were already decorated for Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of felt similar. Yeah, I haven't been to L.A. in a long time, but Irvine is where I go occasionally and Mm -hmm. it's pretty. Yeah. Definitely a different world. I mean, and I 
I lived in Florida for 12 years, but it's still not the same. No. It's so much fun to have like all these Christmas decorations out. And there's like these open air malls that you can go to. And it's 80. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The weather's much better there, too, than it is in Florida. Yeah. Or 75, probably. Maybe not 80. At least in my opinion. But I don't like humidity, so. Ditto. So the scene when Amanda, after she does her first drive in England, she goes to the store and she is like, I need a drink, you know, and she is just drinking the bottle of wine as she's grocery shopping. Yeah. As she's checking out, the lady at the cash register is like, someone's having a party tonight. And she's like, oh, yeah, because she's already wrecked. But then also I'm like, "Okay, I think the drive there was scary enough without you being drunk. Right. How are you getting home? What the F? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then later that night, Amanda is belting out to Mr. Brightside while she's guzzling wine, wearing all these cozy clothes in the cottage. And I just always thought that was a good scene. So Miles and Iris have their meet cute in front of Amanda's house. He's there to pick up Ethan's laptop. The Santa Ana winds are blowing and Miles is explaining that to Iris because Iris is not from there. And he's, you know, helping her with an eyelash that she has. So he's getting very close to her face. And then when he's describing the Santa Anas, he says, Legend has it, when the Santa Anas blow, all bets are off. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And she calls back to that a little while later when the wind is blowing. Anything can happen. Just kind of a whimsical moment of, you know, feeling like she's turned over a new leaf and anything can happen. And didn't you say, like, those were the real Santa Ana winds? Yes. So apparently it was scripted that they would have the Santa Anas and they kind of lucked out with it happening while they were filming. I don't know how it all works or when it works. Maybe they knew that it would be. But the article that I read made it sound like they kind of just lucked out. I think otherwise they thought they were going to have to fake it. With uh, with wind. With wind, <laughs> but not natural wind. Not the natural wind. So there is a moment where Amanda basically asks Graham if he would like to, you know, partake in activities. Yes. Right after they've met. And like they've made out a little bit and she tells him that she's really bad at it. First of all, like talk yourself up. Like, why are you going to go ahead and it's like you want to set the bar really low, I guess. Well, it just shows that she's a little broken after her relationship with Ethan. Yeah, because he had told her that she was bad at it. Yeah. But then like she's kind of walking seductively to the bedroom and he's like, Look at you. You're already better than you think. And I just thought that was a cute moment. Good job, Jude. Yes. Very well done by Jude. I mean... Graham. And this was so hard to not have on the top three, but there are just so many good moments to choose from. But Arthur, what a freaking gem, by the way. Nowadays, I don't daydream about Jude Law. I daydream about Arthur. I daydream about meeting someone like Arthur, you know, (laughs) because what a light to Iris's life he was there. Absolutely. And Miles. You know, I think about when Miles walks into that Hanukkah party that she's throwing and I'm like, he just walked into one of the best nights of his life. Seriously. But they're having dinner and he's saying to Iris. Iris, in the movies, we have leading ladies and we have the best friend. You, I I can tell, are leading lady. But for some reason, you're behaving like the best friend. And she's like, (sighs) you're so right. You're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life, for God's sake. And um, that always got to me, too. Gotta love Arthur. Gotta love Arthur. And just the idea that we all, you know, they talk about main character energy and all of that. It's a very, like, trendy thing to say. But it's true, too. It's like, you don't have to be the best friend or the or the side character. Like, you are the leading lady or man or whatever you want to be in your own life. I prefer the more classic big energy. <laughs> 
I like that too. Been waiting to say that. <laughs> See, I could sense from you that you wanted me to shut up, and that's why, because you wanted to get that out. <laughs> I did not want you to shut up. I just I wanted like, you to finish your thought. I felt like you wanted me to be done. No. <laughs> well, yes, but just so I could tell my joke. <laughs> He's got them lined up all the time. Got them jokes, though. Ready to go. All right. Back to our top three. Top three favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Who's going to go first? I think it's you. I've just spoken quite a bit. All right. Number three on my list of favorite moments. The look on Arthur's face when he walks into the Writers Guild ceremony that they've thrown for him when he sees how many people are there. Because he was sure like five people were going to show up and they give him this standing ovation. And it just you could tell it means so much to him. Oh, it's so great. It's such a great moment. And then very briefly, his theme is playing. And as I'd mentioned before, he's staring at the stairs. But up he goes. He was so nervous about having to climb those stairs and he just flew up them. So great job, Arthur. It's a fantastic moment moment. Well, and by then, the viewing audience of the movie is in love with Arthur. Oh, yeah. And to see everybody there for him, it's like, I feel like the look on Kate Winslet's face right there is what my face looked like. Right. Because I was just so excited for him. I I felt like I could have stood up and given him a standing ovation just watching it. Oh, yeah. You know? And speaking of that, my first favorite moment is when Miles is playing the song that he wrote for Arthur for Iris. They're sitting at his keyboard in his studio. She's like, it sounds like Arthur, you know, and it's a nice little moment. And then the music slows down and he shifts into the song that he says sounds like her. So it's Iris's song. I also wrote one that sounds like you. You did? Iris, if you were a melody. I used only the good notes. It's very pretty. It is. And you can tell that she's immediately like, whoa, I only used the good notes. I could tell right when he said it that that was going to be on your top list. Yeah? Yep, it gotcha. How could you tell? I could tell from the look on your face. I think you might have made a small noise. Like, (laughs) Like what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I looked over to you because it reminded me of you writing a song for me. In the 90s. In the 90s. I remember still sitting there and being awed and amazed. It was a very sweet moment. Very special. I've got to figure that song out again. Yeah, I know you do. Would love to hear it again. You probably just make something up and I would believe that that was it. (laughs) It's been so long. Like, isn't this Coldplay? (laughs) No, no, no. This is the song I wrote. (laughs) All right, next up on my list, Mr. Napkinhead. Amanda. You're going to love this. It's so funny. I mean, you will fall off your chair. It's so funny. It's such a cute moment between the four of them. Jude's being very funny with his Mr. Napkin head, which I want to do at some point now as well. <laughs> the kids love it. Amanda loves it. It's just fantastic. It's so great. And it's when she first learns that he has kids because he's hidden that from her because he never tells women about them because his wife died two years before. He doesn't uh, know how to deal with it yet. Yeah. And I get that. He doesn't want really want to introduce anybody to his girls. No. You know, and he knew she was leaving. So why would he tell her? But it's great because you get to see this new side to him all of a sudden and he just becomes even more lovable than he already was. Right. It's great. I love when they're like, smoke, smoke. And so then he takes the the spoon and (laughs) he pretends like he's smoking. And then he's like, oh, smoking's bad for you. And that's when he (laughs) stops. 
My next moment is a moment with Sophie and Olivia. It is when they show Amanda their tent. They really want to show Amanda and Graham is kind of like, I don't think she wants to see it. Like, I think he was trying to stop that from happening because it's even more invasive and more like into the kid's world. Right. And maybe he also thinks Amanda would think it was silly or whatever. No, no, no. Amanda, you will not crawl into your tent. And Olivia's like, you don't like tents. <laughs> it's just the best. And then Amanda finally gets in there and, and Sophie says, it's cozy, which, you know, I love anything cozy. Yes, you do. And it is so cozy. I just want to lay in that tent, too. We also find out that the three of them call each other the three musketeers, which we found out before that that was something Amanda and her parents called themselves before her parents divorced when she was 15. And it was like this traumatic moment for her. So when she hears the three musketeers thing, Graham just very slightly touches her hand and like rubs her hand because he's aware, you know, like he remembers that that's important and special to her. It's a very small but big moment. Yes. And then the stuff when Olivia is just like right in Amanda's face and she's just like, I like your eyeshadow. And then she's talking about her lipstick and asks what it's called. And she says, Berry Kiss. And then Sophie is like on the other side of Graham and she just looks up, you know, whimsically and is, just says, Berry Kiss. And I made Pete rewind a few times for me to just see her saying, Berry Kiss. We did watch that a few times. I love it. It's so cute. It's so cute. And it also makes me cry. It's just like being little where hearing the color of a lipstick that you dream about being able to wear one day. Yeah. Just feels so magical to you. I, I don't know. Just the innocence of it is so special. And I feel like they did a really good job capturing that. All right. And my final favorite moment is an odd one, but it's just Rose Hill Cottage in general. It's just Magic. I'm very disappointed to know that it's not a real cottage, but I don't care. I love the outside. I love the inside. I love the whole thing. I know. I just want to be there. Like if you had to choose between going and staying at Amanda's house or Iris's cottage, which one? I'm at Iris's cottage. Yeah, me too. Hands down, especially at Christmas. Especially. And just like the little town that you can oh. go, go walk in and go to the pub and... Oh. Listen, we've done DNA tests and we know that we are of European descent. Specifically. Specifically English. Yes. So it it feels like home to us for a reason. <laughs> yep. And I mean, there was a reason why we didn't want to leave when we were there. Very true. We just got to go back. Yes, we do. All right. My number one favorite moment is when Arthur is talking about his wife. His friends are talking about her, too. They're just kind of talking about her to Miles and Iris, what she was like and everything. And Arthur says she had gumption, which is what his leading ladies in all of his movies also had. That's right. And then he says this. She was the girl I always wrote. And I don't know. I don't know if that hits people the way it hits me. But to me, that's like one of the most romantic lines I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It's so good. It is. She was the girl I always wrote. It's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so sad because she's gone. And, you know, we see at the beginning, he's got a picture of her, you know. Right by his bedside. Yeah. I can't. I can't think about it much. No. But it's very, very sweet. It is. And I love it. We love Arthur. We love them. Well, it's hard to pivot over to least favorite moments after that, but my goodness, we have to. (laughs) We have to. We actually have a tie for our first least favorite moment. So let's say it together at the same time. All right. Jasper Jasper 
Bloom. Bloom. What a D-hang. This guy. TFG. TFG is right. Do people know what that means? This guy. (laughs) Now you you know. (laughs) Um, yeah. What what can you say about him other than like they were kind of in a relationship, a situationship, really? Yeah. He was seeing someone else upstairs in their same workplace. And Iris just loved him so much and then found out at their office Christmas party that Jasper was engaged. Yes. And thanks to Iris's D. Hey boss for like calling her out in front of everybody as he's making the announcement. Like, what is the matter with you, dude? Well, he probably just doesn't know. He has to know. Everybody has to know. Yeah. He's like, oh, Iris, I've got a new topic for you to write about. Yeah. Oh, the worst. And then poor Iris, you know, she we see her on her commute back home on the train and then walking all the way to get into her cottage. She walks in. It's our first time seeing the cottage. And then you just hear. (laughs) Like as we're outside the cottage, you can hear it. Yes. Oh, man. But also, he's the worst, obviously, but like she's boarding the plane and he emails her because he found out that she was leaving. And he's like, how do I reach you? And both of us at the same time said, you "You don't. don't. (laughs) And she says back to him, we both know I need to fall out of love with you. Would be great if you would let me try. I related to this a lot. Um, You know, just terrible. And then, of course, he shows up in L.A. In L.A. Trying to make plans with her, talking about how they can sneak away to like another country and stuff. And then she's like, you're not still engaged, are you? He's like, oh, yes, that pesky thing. He's like, why do you always have to talk to me when you know I'm so confused? You know, just total gaslighter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely the worst part of the movie. Well, he's the worst character in the movie. Now... We've done a good job leaving this part out of it, trying to stay nice. (laughs) We've talked about it before in other episodes. We decided, we made a choice when we were going to cover this movie that we were not just going to sit here and slam this actress the whole time. Correct. But we did both write it down as our second least favorite moment. So let's say it together. Cameron Cameron Diaz's Diaz's acting. (laughs) Sorry if you're a big Cameron Diaz fan. Her acting in this movie. It's not great. It's not great. I like Cameron in quite a few things. Yeah. But I like this movie. I just kind of deal with her acting it. I like the movie so much. I love the setting. I love the score. I love the writing. I love all the other actors and actresses that are in it. So I definitely just kind of overlook that aspect of it. I think she's beautiful. She is. (laughs) We don't want to harp on it too much. We just noticed it. Yeah, it's very noticeable. And also, sorry if you've never noticed it and now you notice it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, I've had a biased opinion back when it came out because I was not a fan. No. That part I'm over now and I can appreciate her and other things. But yeah, I think she's adorable in this movie. I she just is? think she. Yeah. She's a fantastic character overall. She's well written. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Did you have any other least favorite moments? I've got two. Okay, I have one. So if you want to. Next one, I just don't like seeing how opulent real first class is. It annoys me. So seeing Amanda in her first class bed with her stupid eye thing on bothers me. Jealous. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll do it. Yeah, I doubt it. It's like (laughs) $5,000 each way per person. All right, maybe we won't do it. Then last, you know how I love this. It's the old mistaken identity trope with Sophie, Olivia, and Graham. 
So, I mean, listen, you know, it's not my favorite. Yeah, Pete's not a fan of that. So anytime that that pops up, he hates it. But basically, Amanda sees their names pop up on Graham's phone and just assumes that it's other women he's talking to. Right. Not realizing that it's his little girls. They at least handle it a little differently in this one. In that when Amanda comes to Graham's door, they could have played it out quite a bit more and her like storm off and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Because she thinks somebody's inside. They at least deal with it right there. Yes. So as far as using this trope. It didn't go far. It didn't go far. Yeah, I agree. My final least favorite moment is just the fact that Amanda is staying in this tiny cottage in this town that is obviously at the end of a very long road because she had to walk the road to get to it because her taxi driver wouldn't take her all the way down. A man comes to her door in the middle of the night and she, first of all, just opens the door. I mean, I know it was 2006, so, you know, maybe different times. But, I mean, in L.A., she has a gate right. where she's called if somebody shows up. So, you know, she just opens the door and then just trusts that this man is Iris's brother yeah. and lets him in. Not smart. No, but, I mean, I guess if it's Jude Law, laws will be broken. See what it did there? Wow. <laughs> <Kachuga>. <laughs> but it is just kind of unbelievable that somebody would just you know, let a stranger into their house in the middle of the night. Yeah. Maybe I could believe it a little more if it was during the day. Listen, she's in a strange place. You do strange things. Yeah. Well, and I guess she was a little drunk. A little tipsy. Yes. And her drunk driving is also a least favorite moment. I don't like that. I know they didn't show it, but it's insinuated. So. Agreed. Don't drink and drive. Don't. And wear your seatbelt. Yeah. All right. And finally, our signs of the time. I don't have many. I've only got one real one. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot either. Yeah, you don't have a lot either. I did notice that Amanda sleeps with her Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. They were so popular at that point. Very true. And this has now been confirmed for me. I didn't know for sure they were in Blockbuster because they don't show that I noticed anyways. They don't show any of the signage. Yeah, but you but can I, tell it's Blockbuster. Yeah, I, I was like pretty sure they're in a Blockbuster. There's blue and yellow everywhere. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I put not much life left in old Blockbuster. After At this point, point I know. yeah, seven more years so sad. of decline. Did anything ever come of the Blockbuster website coming back briefly? Nothing? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I know in L.A. they had like a pop-up Blockbuster thing where you could go uh, maybe eat or drink. I can't remember what that was, but I don't know if that was related to that or not. Hmm. What a letdown. Why don't you try to pull it up right now? We'll do it live. You don't have to be lonely at Blockbuster.com. <laughs> I was like, that is not the Blockbuster We're, jingle. It still says we are working on rewinding your movie. But while you wait, check out all that Sling TV has to offer. Oh, wah, wah, boo. Boo. All right, Blockbuster. Don't get our hopes up. No. I don't like that. Don't play with us. No. Okay, so my sons at the time, and I think maybe part of it is while there are still like huge changes that have taken place since 2006, it's still way more like today than like, you know, obviously the movies we cover in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. This one is not necessarily a sign of the times. It's just the office parties I have noticed in a lot of movies set in England where they have their holiday parties in their actual office. Right. Bridget Jones's diary is like that. And I know there was like an episode of Black Mirror that was like that. There's some other ones. I don't know if they do they do that here. I mean, I know they did it in like wasn't there a holiday party in Scrooged? Yes. In I mean, office? my work has done that before, but well, the job I used to work at would have the Christmas party sometimes at the complex. Yeah, but that we not at. where your desks are. Yes, not these where are, your desks are. These are like 
by your desk. Right. I just feel like that's so strange. It is. I've never been to one like that. But I, I wonder, it must be like a more common thing to do over there, or it was in the early 2000s. Perhaps. <laughs> but also people were smoking in the office party, and I feel like that was very of the time. Very of the time. <laughs> When Amanda's talking about how she wants to go on vacation, she says she wants to, to read a book and not just a magazine, an actual book. And I'm like, I just don't feel like people read magazines anymore. No. So that felt of the time. And I feel like that was kind of on its way out, too, at that point. Right. Of course, we see Amanda's massive DVD collection in her house. Huge. Which I guess is fitting because she works in the industry, you know. I wonder if it's all movies she did trailers for. Could be. That's a lot of trailers. It is. <laughs> she got a lot of money. Yeah. Also, all the phones in the movie we were commenting on. There were a lot of landlines and then there were flip phones and then there were cell phones that looked kind of like an iPod Nano. Yeah, they were tiny, <laughs> real tiny. I think that the phone thing is the biggest evolution that, you know, we still would notice it today, even if it was a phone from three years ago. Yeah, they just change and like everybody has the newest version or, you know, within like two or three versions because things stop working. Right. So it's, you know, you kind of get used to what the new version looks like. Although I feel like for the past like six years, they've looked about the same. They just keep getting bigger though. They do, but some people want the smaller version, right? So they offer them in like three sizes and they just change the oh, specs, okay. right? Yeah. Now, sometimes the bigger ones get a little bigger, but it's it's less noticeable than it was, you know, having a tiny stick like you did back then. Right. I mean, I think I'm at the point now where I don't want to go any bigger because I can barely, if I carry like a small bag, I can't fit it in my bag. Yeah. And I have short thumbs, <laughs> so it's hard for me to hold my phone with the pop socket and reach all the way across. Yeah, it's a struggle. Like I need it to be a little longer and thinner. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The other thing, I actually didn't write this down, but I did comment on it when Arthur is giving his acceptance speech and he's talking about the movies and how things have changed. And he's like, we didn't have DVDs and blockbusters and, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just like, wow. Even then, he's kind of in a way about how things have changed. Right. And I'm like, oh, Arthur. Just wait. Just you wait. But again, for me, I mean, I get loving the classic, the original, having respect for the original way of doing things. But I also appreciate progress and technology and all of that. Yes, I can see like, I don't know, I'm worried about the film industry overall. Oh, yeah. It's just changing so much. And like, I enjoy streaming from the house, but that's where I feel like the new changes or innovation will come. Like they've tried so many times to make it to where they can make the same amount of money letting you watch a movie in the theater. But if they're successful with that, that does away with or potentially does away with a whole movie theater industry and experience. Right. Yeah. So it's that part, I feel like, is in danger right now. For sure. Well, and I mean, it took a big hit, obviously, in 2020. Yeah. And has had a hard time coming back. I think really just had a big resurgence with Barbie and Oppenheimer and all of that this past summer. Yeah. And then you see like Disney was so rock solid for almost 15 years with all the Marvel movies and their run of bombs this year in particular has been pretty bad. Yeah. You know, where they're just every movie costs $200 million to make for some reason, even like an animated movie. Mm. And it's making like $80 million. Right. So it's not sustainable. They definitely have to figure it out. Wow. What were we watching the other day that made me bring up the Carousel of Progress at Magic Kingdom? Oh, it was that cheesy Christmas movie that we watched. Sometimes we <laughs> sometimes we become like Statler and Waldorf in the Muppet show. 
and we'd watch like the cheesy, you know, Hallmark Lifetime movies, which I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk about Lifetime because they just sent me a huge. They um, know they're cheesy. Package of free goodies the other day. <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> they do, obviously. But anyway, so we. I used to never watch them because I was like, this is, I can't, it's too cheesy. I can't do it. But recently, like the last couple of years, we slowly have started watching them. And sometimes maybe we're drinking, sometimes we're not. But we just, it is very entertaining it is. to us. We, it, is, it is the cheese on our charcuterie board of <laughs> Christmas entertainment. Yeah. We were like, maybe next year we need a spinoff podcast where we just talk about yeah. <laughs> we Statler and Waldorf the heck out of these Christmas movies. It's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah. the Christmas edition. Yes. But so there's one character who's like sitting in the corner sewing. But for some reason, the way she was sitting and not moving, but occasionally moving, and then she'd look up and say her line and then look back down, reminded me so much of the characters in the Carousel of Progress. And it's one of those, if you know, you know. If you've never ridden the ride, you won't know what I'm talking about. But Pete didn't really remember. And so I pulled up a video of the ride, and he was amazed that I still know the whole song. The whole thing. (laughs) There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, listen, I lived in Orlando for 12 years and I had an annual pass. And so I went often. You could see it at your own desire. Yes. And I also remember it from being a kid, too. So the movie we were watching is called Sappy Holiday. Sappy Holiday. I think it was on Prime, but it may it may be somewhere else. Who knows? There's lots of (laughs) places to choose from. Go check it out. Get you a beverage and your favorite movie watching buddies or loved ones and have a good time. (laughs) A very good time. Yes. All right. That wraps up this holiday episode. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) As always, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying your holiday season and we'll see you next time. Sappy holidays. (laughs) See what you did there. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Bye. Bye. Let me try to say this name right. Godalming or Godalming? Godalming? I want to say (laughs) (laughs) Godalming. I wonder if Myers sent Cameron Diaz a cardboard box. (laughs) (laughs) We can't start slamming on her yet. Um, that was not for the podcast. That was just for, <laughs> I know. for me and you. Can we put you in bubble wrap? Right meow. Right meow. I wonder if he's related to my friend Tony. Tony Pereira? Uh-huh. Is that Tony from Philly? No. Tony from Daytona. Tony from Daytona. <laughs> I will always remember Tony Pereira because this is how I knew how to spell his name. Because he, he would say T-O-N. Y-P-E-R-E-I-R-A. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the Mickey Mouse Club. Was he on that? No, but he could have been. Oh, no, could have been? I went to college with him. He was on the soccer team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's my story. <laughs> Don't be jealous. I see that jealous look in your eyes. Jealous? Should I be? I had a big crush on him. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. Did I troll this person at all on AIM? On AIM? Uh, no, he was not one of the ones that you trolled. Oh, okay. But he did troll many guys that I was talking to. So jealous. When I was in college. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but you were still around. Yes. Working on campus. Working on campus. I used to see him. It would ruin my whole day. Oh. And also make my whole day. And yes. All in one. All at the same time. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Symphony.
That's life. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get around suck your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> that's going to be really hard to know what to leave in and what to take out. <laughs> Only the editor will be able to tell. And what's plopped at the end. Because <laughs> you can hear like, so she's like, I missed a bright song. It's like, what are you doing? Listen, I'm trying real hard to be nice. I know. Cameron I know. Have you ever felt the wind? There's a mystery to it. <laughs> you know, the side side piece? No. The, uh, you know. Side character? Side character. Say it convincingly. <laughs> you don't like tense. <laughs> Talked? Yes. Who <laughs> <laughs> made you king of the hill? Jeez. I mean, I told you about my vocabulary scores <laughs> on did. my ACT. What's the word? <laughs> Watch you out! Use? What's the word you use downstairs? <sighs> dearth. Dearth. Yes. They had a, our new the new house going up behind us has a dearth of windows. It does. Compared to ours, we have a lot of windows. We've got a lot of windows to watch them. Or for them to watch us until <laughs> we get our film up there that they can't see. That's right, and we also have blackout shades. But unfortunately, they are not mechanical, automatic, motorized, motorized. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they are not motorized like the ones in Amanda's bedroom. I feel like we need those. We do need them. Yeah. Like who wants to stand up? <laughs> who wants to stand up and pull down or pull up? Not this guy. Not this gal. 